Fairdown Bears fans, what's good, Chicago? Pat the Designer here. On today's episode, you're gonna hear from me and Shay Norling. We filled in on Cap and Jacob breaking down should the Bears hold on to Justin Fields or should they move on from him? Heated debate happening there. Interesting story that involves me and a couple of animals, and uh, your calls as well. All that more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit the like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five star review. Y'all know. Shane Orling and Pat the Designer filling in for the guys. They're off for the year as we approach <laughs> what a vacay year's end. Yeah, what not bad. I love that. How many days do you get? My <laughs> God, the fellas are off for the year, so we're hanging out, sitting in with you. Three one two three three two three seven seven six, and we are having. The hottest debate in Chicago right now. Finally, some disagreement in the ranks. I was going to flip a table. It didn't work. Pat, well, let's get into it. Let's, <laughs> let's see what it. happens. Let's see where this, we go here, baby. This table's going to end up on State Street. Apologies to Danny what's Sutterman. The, what's that What's that? Uh, uh, video from, like, I don't know, it had to be, like, the 70s or 60s where the two old guys in Britain start, like, pulling <laughs> the table back and forth at each other and just fall over, basically? That's what happens, though. You're talking sports yeah. with a pal. Yeah. You get a little out. You're a little uh, inebriated, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The table starts flying around the room. Yeah. That's good times. <laughs> That's when you know you're having good conversation. You look back on them fondly as long as nobody starts swinging, right? So, t- Pat is team keep Justin Fields. Yeah. And I have finally planted my flag in the position of... Excuse me? You need to move on. I A couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was vocal, like they were showing so many signs of improvement. The offense did need to do more, right? but the Detroit win showed me a lot of promise. And then you go to Cleveland and you follow it up with, it sure wasn't entirely Justin's fault, but it sure wasn't not his fault when 100%. you go three and out eight times. I think I think the biggest issue with a lot of people that have this discussion is you have to be so one side or the other. Justin Fields can be a fault too, right? Justin Fields can have bad games. Cleveland was a bad game. I'm sorry. Like I, I am I want Justin here. Cleveland was a bad game. He's 19 for 40. Are there a couple of passes that definitely put you in the right direction and 300 yards? Yeah. If but the Tanya still... thing gets completed, you get the touchdown. Listen, it's still 21 for 40. <laughs> That's not exactly what I'm looking for on the day, right? Like, I mean, they, and then you look at Arizona, and like Arizona's a bad defense. Yeah. And you're giving them 15 to 27 for 170 yards. Like, would it kill you to throw for 200 one of these days? Great with his legs, but that's been the story of his entire career. It's all in the rushing numbers. Right. And I just look at that and. and at some point, like you have to have the honest conversation. If you're at the point as a fan where you hate Luke Getze so much that this guy just he cannot come back in your mind, there's no way Luke Getze can return as the offensive coordinator. You're gonna ask Justin Fields, who I've admitted has shown improvement, he's having the best year of his career, but you're gonna ask him to learn a third scheme in four seasons here on the same team when he's up against playing for a second contract. Right. I personally would let him do that elsewhere. But here's here's where and I think this is the debate that a lot of people have, right? Where you know Justin Fields is good, right? And I think that if you get the right coach with him, he's going to be great. But in Chicago, we never think 
just go get the right coach. We never think you have but to it, find the right coach. Will we don't even really, believe that they can find the right coach, but we believe they can find the right coach for Drake May or Caleb Williams. We believe that they can find the right offensive coordinator for either one of those guys. I don't know that that's true. Like, I don't... I, look, head coach is very important in the NFL. Yeah. Incredibly important. Yeah. But for me, I feel like... Look at the Browns. <laughs> yeah, but like my point is, look at Cincinnati and Zach Taylor before Joe Burrow. It was not like this incredibly happy marriage. Then you get the quarterback, and all of a sudden, everything falls into place. Right. And I, I feel like when you look at some of the quarter or head coach candidates for the Bears next year... Whether it's Eberflus or whether it's per reports Mike Tomlin right. or whether it's Jim Harbaugh or Ben Johnson or whoever, I always just kind of think if you get the quarterback right, all of those pieces tend to fall into place. And you have a shot in the draft with the number one pick to go and get a superstar. And that, you, honestly, now the number one pick is really feeling solidified because yeah. the Patriots went out and won a game. <laughs> Which was hilarious. We were in here doing the post-post watching this game. We looked down. We looked back up. And Denver's right back in. I'm like, what I miss? Wait a minute. What's going on here? I just, I, I look at it as, like this, right? For me, with Justin Fields, and, and again, right, are we going to allow him to have another offensive coordinator when he's playing for a second contract? Are we going to allow him? I think the thing is, right, like. Like, tell me why exactly. Like, sell me. Why do I need to keep Justin Fields on the Bears? I would say look at the team up north. I would say look at the team in Miami, right? Coaching matters. We just said that. Coaching is very important around uh, uh, the quarterback position. There, I think that there are a lot more coaches that have broken quarterbacks than there have been successful quarterbacks in the NFL. When you've put the right coach with the right player, and for some reason we don't think that that is the mindset to have here in Chicago, but when you put the right coach with the right, right player, you see that player take off. Two years ago, nobody in Detroit was talking about Jared Goff being the future of Detroit. Nobody was talking about Jared Goff being an elite quarterback. Nobody was talking about Jared Goff being an MVP candidate. Now you get Ben Johnson for a couple years. You're like, wait a minute, well, this guy can play football? Oh, wait. Oh, my God. How did we do that? Yeah, but we you, saw it with Goff and, and the Rams, with McVay and with the— what was the what was the stigma of Goff? Too many turnovers. And? Fumbles the ball too much. And he was just... Game manager. Game manager. Which isn't bad, right? But he wasn't the reason they were winning. The last couple of years in Detroit, we've seen Jared Goff without Amon Ross St. Brown on the field, without his running game on the field, go out there and win games. The narrative on Jared Goff changed because the player changed. The player all of a sudden was like, oh, I can... I'm I'm good. I can play this game. This system works for me. And I think that's the part that here in Chicago, we don't want to have the conversation about where no matter who the quarterback is, you still got to have the right coach, the right system. You still got to have an offensive line. You still have, and, and these are the things but that Pat, are excuses. It's kind, it's kind of a bad comp. Like Jared Goff showed more in three years with the Rams than Justin Fields is even sniffed showing in three 100%. years with the Bears. A hundred percent. But is that a better team? Well, the Rams, absolutely. Well, they were a better, better team, team and they were a better coach. But also to the same point, he was picked number one overall. So they had to be bad to get him. Right. I just, I don't think the situation is different enough. Granted, they had Aaron Donald. They brought in a Super Bowl caliber talent. Team. It was a better team. That but could it's hide still, Jared Goff's mistakes and allow him to play through a lot of those mistakes. Is this Bears team terrible? I'm not telling you it's a Super Bowl roster. But this was, again, the no-excuse season for Justin Fields. Right. You went out, you got him a 1,000-yard wide receiver who has played as a 1,000-yard wide receiver in 100%. DJ Moore. Cole Komet has come into his own as a tight end. He kind of is earning the contract. Yeah. Like, you look yeah. around. 
Yeah, come on. He is he's he's I'm, earning I'm, the money. I like Cole. I, I like Cole. Cole just having him up there with like the the Travis Kelsey's and was, well, nobody's doing that. He's just, not George Kittle. I'm just with him financially. He's doing pretty well. He's up there with him, right? What's what's Kelsey bring? Yeah, you know I mean, like that's, that's, hard to argue. Yeah, you know I mean, like, but you get the I, point. I like, like you, I like Cole Komet, but but I to your point, he's got a lot of the pieces in place. But me and you sat here and I said, what happens if Justin's just okay? This season, Justin enough. has just been okay, right? He's he's had his ups, he's had his downs, but over the last ten games. There are guys that we look at that we say that's the future of their team that have had very similar stats to Justin Fields. We just only look at the passing yards as the reason for that. And I'm not well, saying... so people bring up Lamar Jackson a lot. And what Lamar's done this year, yeah. he's made himself the MVP favorite. I always feel like that's a little bit flawed, too, because Lamar won an MVP yeah. on a team where he didn't have a 1,000-yard wide receiver. Like, Mark Andrews led the receiving for the Ravens the year he won MVP. He didn't have 900 yards. Yeah. No, I, I get you with that. I just, to me, right, like, you look at Lamar this season. Or let's, let's take a different one because you said Lamar's a little bit flawed. Trevor Lawrence, he the future of the Jags? I don't know. Tua, he the future of Miami? Probably. Okay. Tua's last 10 games, 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He's got a lot more passing yards. Having Tyreek yeah. Hill helps with that. Sure. 2,600 yards, right? Justin Fields' last 10 games, 14 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, with the caveat that he threw two Hail Marys, and one of those shouldn't have been an interception. Did, did that get corrected, by no, the way? No, it did not. It's still that's, an interception. That's that is ridiculous a joke. by the NFL. That is a joke. You need to go back and correct that, so because you got, that's ridiculous. So you've got a Hail Mary that Darnell Mooney kicked in the air, and you've got a Hail Mary that ends up being a pick that shouldn't have been called a it pick. It touched the ground. It was incomplete. Yeah, 100%. So, I, right, 14. There's still two interceptions, but 14 and 8 with that caveat in there. He's also got 526 rushing yards and three touchdowns. So what are we at? 17 and uh, 17, and 17 and total touchdowns? 17 and 8. How many fumbles? A lot of fumbles. So How he, many fumbles lost, though? Sure, but you get the point. Hey, like listen, you can't hey, be putting the hey, ball listen, on the grass hey, listen, all the time. Fumbles lost is more important. I, I will say Funny that. Funny no. shaped football. <laughs> it can bounce anywhere. You still can't put it on the ground. No, I just I look at these numbers at Lamar last 10, 15 touchdowns, five interception. He's got one rushing touchdown, 521 rushing yards, right? You look at Trevor Lawrence, 14 touchdowns, 10 right. interceptions. And he's been terrible. It, it, Trevor Lawrence. Which is why you asked me, is he the future of the Jags? I said, I don't know. But if I'm the Jags. But, Pat, here's here's my argument back. If I'm the Jags and I'm holding the number one pick from Carolina this year, I'm probably taking Caleb Williams. When you just drafted Trevor Lawrence number one overall? Yes. He's been bad. He's been injured. And you might say, give him the keys, hand it to him. But if I had the number one pick and I were Jacksonville, I'd be thinking about it. I would say I... Uh, and it's impossible to say because they don't have it. And I think here, yeah. like, we had the conversation... Yeah. If Fields is just okay, is that enough? Well, I didn't know Carolina was going to be picking first. Yeah. And just okay, is that good enough? Like, if you're going to make him Daniel Jones, if the Giants had the number one pick last year, Bryce Young would be a Giant. Yeah. So, I just, we have the number one pick, and I think that factors into the way we have to approach this, is could Justin Fields be good in the NFL? Sure. Let him try it in Atlanta because you're bringing in a new offensive coordinator here. I think we all believe that. Yeah. I don't want him learning a third scheme in four years here. If he wants to do that and become successful, my heart's not going to break about it. I think the correct process is to move on, take the best quarterback in this draft, let a new coaching staff coach him up, finally marry all of those pieces, and move forward. 
And it sucks because if they just hang on and beat Cleveland, I'd be saying the same thing you are. But I think that's and, – and that's the biggest part of this to me, right? We could say coaching isn't the issue. Coaching – let's be real. Did coaching cost us three games? Absolutely. So Coaching cost you the so game against can, Denver, so the we, game against Detroit, so, the game against Cleveland. So, so our entire point is we're talking about Justin Fields as a possible franchise quarterback, possibly paying him in two two wins that should have been wins over uh, Detroit. You you go one and one there. You get uh, the loss versus Denver, which if you kick a field goal, you, you get a win there. And then uh, 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 what's the third one where we just collect Cleveland, right? Where all three of those games, we can look at them and say, those should have been wins. Coaching decisions take away from that. Get rid of Justin Fields. He's nine. What would he be? Nine and okay, six? But, nine and five? So let's not get married to the wins and losses. Let's marry ourselves to Justin Fields' own expectations. Right. He wants to score 28 points a game, right? He's done it seven times. Seven times in 26 starts in the last two years. Seven for 26. He's met his own stated goal. Right. I, I, I agree with you. What happened last year? Well, it was that's a tank. an excuse. It was a tank right? season, but that, but and it was an, an excuse. excuse. Right, but, but that's an excuse for Justin Fields. We're, we're, we're counting those games, though. Of course, but, but this that's year, an excuse for Justin but Fields. this year it's not an excuse because this year we went out and got your right tackle. We went out and got you right. a thousand yard wide receiver and DJ Moore. Right. You've done it four times in eleven starts. Scored twenty eight points. I'm not asking the world from you. Can your offense get me four touchdowns? How about they got eight three and outs? Yeah. More than half of their possessions against Cleveland were three and outs. Yeah. Or. Sunday against Arizona. I went back and watched that game, and I saw Justin Fields. Look, the running was fantastic, but how about a third and two out route to Cole Komet? Should have been picked. Yeah. How about an opposite hash out route on third and 16? Should have been picked. Oh, and I'm there with you. And then, again, with the anticipatory stuff, and I know that word's been beaten to death in this town throughout this conversation, but it's always a half tick late, and it has been for three seasons now. Right. And that's what happens when after a huge run sets you up with a red zone possession, you're a half tick late again throwing a corner route when you could have thrown the post for DJ Moore and just let it rip. And instead you throw the corner route and late, pick, yeah. and it's a pick because it's short again. Well, that was, that was, well short hasn't really been the issue. No, it's that not has, like he doesn't was, have a strong that arm. Was, that was sure. Like but that was a horrible throw. He's, it was terrible. <laughs> that was a horrible throw. But he's like, placing a football and he's late on the read right. again. And it, like year four, if we continue to have these problems, well then guess what? Everybody's getting cleaned out. hundred percent. And I don't want like right now. I feel like you have an opportunity to draft a quarterback and go all in for next season. And my worry is if you keep Fields and. Look, it could work and be great. I would be so happy if it did. Right. But if you keep him and it doesn't work, then you're resetting everything. You're going back to basics. You're going back to square one. New GM, new coaching staff. See, I don't even think that. I, 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 and I think that's the weird part, right? Like, for some reason, people have forgotten who the owners of our football team are. Um, like, they're not willing to hold on to people for a long time That's in positions fine. of power. But with all of that, right, like, if I'm building the team, and this is the part that for me is is the most confusing thing. When we talk about the quarterback, you sit there and you say, Justin Fields, he's got to develop here. He's got. But I look at everything. For me, with Ryan Poles, if I'm Ryan Poles and I pick up Justin Fields' fifth-year option, we keep him around for the next couple of years, and in those couple of years I'm building my team up, no one's going to care 
if you find the next quarterback that you can put in after two years behind a good offensive line. No one's going to care if you got the wide receivers in place. No one's going to care if the defense is built. You know, I know because Trey Lance got traded for like 700 first-round picks. They found Brock Purdy at the last pick, and they yeah. were like, hey, Trey, here's the punt. See you in Dallas, bud. Hope you win a Super Bowl as the backup to the backup. Shane Orling and Pat the Designer in for cap and hoodie. Pat wants to keep Justin Fields around. I think it is concretely time to move on. This is the first time I am officially planting my flag on the take. Shane Orling, Pat the Designer, sitting in with you for cap and hoodie who have the rest of the year off. Very simple question for you this morning on the phone lines. 312-332-3776. Pat wants to keep Justin Fields around in Chicago. I feel quite strongly at this point that it is time to move on. Let's go to the phones. Anthony in Washington, D.C., listening on the ESPN Chicago app, gets first at bat. What's up, Anthony? Hey, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning, man. What's going on? All right. Um, From Chicago, born and raised, played my last high school football game at Soldier Field. Hey, Um, I love that. Um. I want to keep Justin because my reason is just simple. I want to build a team, a team. And I think with his experiences he had this first three years, all the confusion, all the silly moves that were made, he's learned the league. And you get him more talent, you get the defense, whatever they need, get a center, uh, get a tackle, get a wide receiver, another weapon. I think Justin Fields is fine. Listen, I live in Washington, D.C., where uh, Caleb Williams is from. Uh, the commanders will give everything to get Williams here. Everything. That's their hometown. They get the rest kid. of their defensive line for the first overall pick. There, yeah. <laughs> and we don't need the rest of it. We just need one piece. We don't need the rest of it. We just need one piece. Anthony, can I tell you that they can do both, that they can get Caleb Williams and build a team, and you can end up with maybe an even better version of what the Texans have with C.J. Stroud. Like, you can take Caleb Williams, number one. You have your own pick that is going to come in the top seven, likely. You can take somebody like Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver out of LSU. like it. If you trade Justin Fields and get a second-round pick back, there's your center. You can continue to plug away at starters in the draft. You have a ton of salary cap even after extending Montez Sweat and will continue to have a bunch even after extending Jalen Johnson, which I think we all hope happens. Like, yeah, I feel like, um, Anthony, you're in kind of a unique spot where you can both take the generational quarterback at the top of the draft and build the team. But I, I see I disagree with you probably because of uh, my age. I'm, I'm 63. And... The teams I remember, not just Chicago, but the teams I remember winning the Super Bowl or even being in the playoffs multiple years, it was the team. Yes, some squads had generational, quote-unquote, quarterbacks, yeah. but it was the teams that, that, that we saw when Chicago Bears were sitting at home. This, this, this um, polls did something very honest that no one had ever done before. Uh, running the Chicago Bears in my lifetime. He told the truth. I'm going to tear it down. I'm going to build it up the right way. He actually said it. Yeah. And and this is only the second year of building it up the right way. Yeah. We, I know we want that quarter. Relax. 
I want a great team. I don't really need a great quarterback. That's it, fellas. I, I, I listen. All right, I, I'm not mad at that because, I, and the reason I'm not mad at that, right, is because when we think about the Bears now, they they lost. But when we think about the the '06 Bears that go to the Super Bowl, we just kind of omit that Rex Grossman was on that team. We just push that out of our brains. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> we, we we lose, right? But but no, no, no. But did we lose because no of the court? Exactly. Like we lost because it was the second half. We're like, we're gonna run the football. But who won? <laughs> it was the generational quarterback who won the game. <laughs> yeah, sure. But you, no, get, I, you get my point. No, like I, what I what I I have one question for you. When did you become a Caleb Williams guy? <laughs> When did this happen? I, I was here. I kind of always... was here when 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 the Caleb Williams like he's not the guy. Happened. There was a lot of like well the Caleb Williams thing like the the crying. I never cared about the crying. Yeah, people bring yeah, up yeah. the crying and people bring up the painted nails. Yeah. Frankly, if you're doing that, you're an idiot. Like the <laughs> the crying to his mom and the painted nails yeah. don't care at all. In yeah, fact, yeah, yeah. crying with his mom tells me he actually cares a lot about football. Yeah, but it's just. I had a come to Jesus moment that we're all overthinking this a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, let's find all of the reasons Caleb Williams isn't the guy yeah. and all of the reasons that all these other guys are. And then you just go back to basics and put the tape on and you're like, no, Caleb Williams is the guy. <laughs> like, that's, he's the one. Yeah, but every time he gets pressured, he's not. Yeah, but every time he gets pressured, he's always off schedule. Like, if you watch, I think Lincoln Riley, going back and watching some of those games, Lincoln Riley played a way bigger. Excuses. Coaching. Excuses. Come on now. But Lincoln on, Riley went back. I want to that. Come on now, Shane. Lincoln Riley played a huge part in that being an issue. Uh -huh. And it, then you read the article. It was in The Athletic a couple weeks ago yeah, yeah, about yeah. what went wrong at USC. And you had other Pac-12 coaches talking about, well, everybody on that team was a mercenary. Nobody was playing team football. They were all out there trying to get tape and film and yeah. stats for their draft stop. Like, nobody was playing team ball. And I just start thinking, what was Lincoln Riley doing? It starts to make sense why Caleb's running for his life as soon as he gets the snap every play. Yeah. And maybe there is a bit of Pat Mahomes. My defense is going to give up 50 anyway, so I might as well just try to ball out. Who cares? Right. Like, let's go crazy. You just go back and watch, and all the little hot takes that happen, and I'll admit they were, when the season's happening and they start stinking up the joint and USC was playing so bad, they go away a little bit because you just see what's actually going on on the field. What's going to be interesting to see, and I said this on the post-post game show with Meller and Jason McKee, uh, it's going to be, this is the first time we really get to see kind of Ryan Pohl's quarterback evaluation and kind of how he does, how he's going to do business, right? You always wonder, is your GM a player guy or is your GM a, a business guy? Right. And I think on both sides, we've seen Ryan Poles do both, right? The Cole Komet deal is a player deal. Come on. 50 million. I like Cole. 50, I like Cole. Yeah. He's uh, he's one of the highest paid tight ends in the NFL. That, that, you know what I mean? Like, I like that he's here. I'm glad that he's here. But that's not the guy that we're getting production out of. On the flip side of that, the Roquan Smith deal was a business deal. Roquan Smith being here, would love to have him here. He's a good player. Maybe he doesn't fit this defense perfectly, but he's Roquan Smith. He's a pretty good player. And Ryan Poles went, nah, bro, like, we need to reset money here. I'm not paying an off-ball linebacker to reset the market. Let's go to Berwin quickly, get Charlie in. What's up, Charlie? Charlie! Charlie? Charlie! Charlie going once. Charlie going twice. thing sucks! No. Shane Orling, Pat the Designer, sitting in for the boys with you. 312-332-3776. Shot or no shot? 
Coming up at 8, we'll go around the NFL, the power rankings. I'm very excited. We'll do that at 818. 10 to 12, Greeny. 12 to 2, Carmen Yurk. 2 to 6, Sylvie Solo. And then you'll get the Dukes Mayo Bowl at 6 and the Texas Bowl at 8. All right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Right now, Pat, you told me, this is all I know about this situation, that this morning there was a moment where you felt like you weren't the main character in your own life. Yeah, so there's there's always those moments where like something happens, and I don't know if people think about this like I do, but I think about a lot of things in video games, standards, right? So it's like, are you the main character in this movie? Are you the main character in this game? So I, very early morning, right, still dark outside, I get up, crank the car. As I'm backing out of the driveway, I got the backup cam going. Backup cam okay. s- starts, yeah, it picks up something. I see something moving, so I hit the brakes. What is this, it, a squirrel, a possum? In the backup cam, I see a coyote. Oh, my goodness. Coming down the street, just walking down, not doing nothing crazy, right? It's it's uh, 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 Tuesday trash day uh, or Wednesday trash day, whatever, right? Like, walking down the street, he's doing his scavenger thing. Behind the coyote is a raccoon. They're walking down the street together. I, like, stop. I swear. Roll down the window. Look out the window. The raccoon stands up, looks at the coyote, and then go. Uh, to me, he had to say, we got to get out of here. And then they take off down the street. I was in a Pixar movie. You can't tell me I was not the side character in a Pixar movie this morning. Literally, the funniest thing I've ever... seen. The Secret Life of Pets? (laughs) Yo, I don't know what I just experienced. So, my question is, right, have you guys ever felt like you weren't the main character in your life? Like, something else was happening around you, and you were like, oh, I'm the other guy in this movie here. I'm, I'm the extra. I'm not Liam Neeson. I'm the guy in the car next to Liam Neeson that's turning right to go to work. You know I mean, like, that's how I felt this morning. And I was like, this is Pixar. It has to be. I was Woody in Boo's room in Monsters, Inc., where he's just sitting <laughs> off to the side. You you were Andy in yeah, Toy Story. 100%. You walked in the room, and all the toys said, Oh, we this is not going to work for us. We got to play dead. I had no idea what. And then, like, here's the best part: this stuff always happens when no one's around. And it's not like I have like the backup cam that's got the memory on loop and all of that. It's a regular backup cam. So I literally have the dash cam with the SD cards. You can tape all this stuff. I'm not doing that. I'm 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 driving into work and I'm going. What I just watch. What just happened? And what did that raccoon say to that coyote that made them be like, we got to get out of here, boys. Like, they, they're on to us. What happened? That is something else. <laughs> that is like the raccoon. Tra- <laughs> he was about to give up the game. <laughs> yeah, I he looked at, oh, Pat's there. We got to get out well, of here. Well, now I'm trying to figure out if they were casing the joint. Right, because I, oh the, my God. the one thing, the one thing. So here's the thing, I'm right? Gonna break in. No, so I, I have had. So I have two dogs, right? I have I have a, a smaller dog, Lulu. She's probably thirty pounds. I have a bigger dog, that Coda. He's an Akita, so he's huge. So I have had it where there's been a coyote at, at our old house. There was a coyote that basically would just walk the alley, and he literally timed up when I would let my dogs outside. And normally I would let Lulu out first. She'd come back in. But for some reason that day, I let Coda out. Now, Coda's, hey, Coyote pulls up. Coyote's got sharp teeth. Coda's probably 125 pounds. Like, he's a person. I should probably be making him pay rent. So I hear, yep, 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 which I didn't know Coyote's made that sound. And 
literally I see a coyote jumping out the backyard and Coda chasing it because the coyote was trying to like time up when the dog was going to be out Why there to snatch the small dog. Why are they villainizing your home? Uh, this has only happened, well, you know, the coyotes in the area, you know, people moving in, uh, what's all that stuff where it's like you're, you're cutting down trees, all that, you know, pr probably us moving into the coyotes land or something like that. But uh, oh, it was no. just, it was just a wild <laughs> It was just a wild situation, and now I'm wondering, right? Was the coyote, did the coyote and the raccoon have a hit out on my small dog? And I'm like, listen, bud, you take it out. We'll split the bounty, and we're out of here. Like, I'm a little nervous now, and I gotta like let the big dog out every time I, I go out in the morning. That is a terrifying situation. <laughs> I feel, dude, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I feel like the coyote and the raccoon both together were like, we're gonna give up the game. It was, it was the. <laughs> This cannot happen, bro. Like it was like they what's that movie? Cats versus dogs. Cats versus dogs. Like it literally was like as I was backing out, they saw me and it was like he's here. Wait a minute, he's not normally up at this time. We got to get out of here. Like it was just it was it was something hilarious to see and nobody else saw it and I was not the main character in my life this morning. <laughs> Instead, it was the raccoon and the coyote sitting behind. Somebody's got to name them. It's sitting Somebody's in the street. Name them. I don't know. Why don't you name them? I, Make them your pets. Not, not, Ingratiate them into your <laughs> no, life. No, because then it's definitely. Make them the extras. That, no, now, now then it's just like, uh, uh, what's, no, the, what's that no. movie where you like bring in the villain basically? And it's like, oh, no, he's not a bad guy. He just gets a bad no, rap, but he's this, secretly is plotting to murder everyone. You could be like the human lead in a Pixar movie, and you're taking in all the animals from around the neighborhood, and then you take back the main character like you have to be the main character in your is own life is that what it is Should the be. only way that you can take the role back yeah. is by ingratiating these animals into your home turn it on now yeah, yeah exactly I, do i how do i get them to come back do i sing is this like go yes. full disney yes is this like lou rawls that you'll never you gotta find get some cartoon the, the blue pigeon showed up i started singing and the pigeon showed up maybe i got something here you gotta get it's some cartoon birds you gotta you gotta get a cartoon <laughs> rabbit to hop up on the windowsill probably gotta bake a pie yeah there's a pie involved for sure <laughs> It's a, it's a Disney movie, but, like, the city version. This isn't the forest version, right? So, like, I sing and, like, pigeons show up, a raccoon, a coyote. <laughs> it's not like a fox. Like, it's none start, of that. You start singing and you get a, hey, <laughs> shut the <that laughs> hell up! Yeah. yeah, that's literally what it is. That's, a, <laughs> that's not Disney at all. Would you keep it down? Keep it down. I'm sick of it. Every morning with the singing. Why are there so many small people living in your house? There were so many questions on Snow White. What are you doing with this coyote? Why are there seven men in the house with you? What's going on over there? Who's got the raccoon and the coyote? I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> that is our shame. No, we're really in with you.